prayer, eh? It's pretty important in the life of Christians, eh? Some would say it's probably the lifeblood. I've learned in the last couple of years, definitely in the last year, just how important prayer is and to never turn down when somebody says, I want to pray for you. And so I wanted you to share that, I wanted you to share that journey with me. A week ago, this testimony sounded a very different. But then a week ago, I was sitting in the corner and I was in a kind of a dark space. I had a lot going on in my head and I wasn't sure what to do with it. Worship ends. Howard's been up here. No, Joe was up here singing last week. But we're singing Wairua Tapu. It's a song that has a recurring theme in through this journey. Worship ends and I'm still sitting there taking a moment. And then a lovely lady comes and sits next to me and asks, are you Daniel? I confirmed that I was and she said that during worship, the Lord had come to her and said to her that I was travelling through a storm and that I'd lost a little bit of hope. And could she pray for me? Of course I said yes. There's absolutely no way this lovely lady knew what was going in my head. And yet she spoke directly to my heart. So we sat there for a while praying, because when you're praying, time doesn't matter. And she prayed over me. By the end of it, we both had tears in our eyes. It meant a lot to me that she had taken that time to come and sit with me. To understand really where I've come from and where I am now, I need to take you back a few years and just give you a really brief background of my life. I grew up in a non-Christian home, but at the age of 10, while attending a Christian youth camp, I gave my life to the Lord. Honestly, though, looking back, pretty sure I was basically caught up in the energy of the camp and had no way of keeping that energy going because it wasn't what my life was. Naively, though, I thought, yep, I'm good. I said, yep, I'm a Christian. Don't need to worry about that anymore. But of course, we know the truth, and it's not quite that simple. Skip forward a few years of supposedly following the Lord. Marriage, kids. And Gina says to me, I really want to go back to church. It was part of her life as she grew up, and on and off she had attended. So I said, yeah, sure, you can go to church. That's cool. I don't mind. I wasn't really a church goer at that stage. Organised religion didn't seem like my thing. But of course, fully supportive if anyone else wanted to go along. At this stage in our lives, we had three small children under the age of five. So I'd go along occasionally to support her and just help wrangle the kids so that she could at least get a chance to listen to the sermon. After I moved to Morrinsville in 2017, Gina, after trying a couple of other churches in town, found a home here, and I did the supportive husband thing again, and I would come along to help look after the kids. Little did I know how much, coming into this church, my life would change. Sadly, it took quite a traumatic event to really open my eyes. It was Queen's birthday weekend, 2017. Coincidentally, it's also my birthday. School finishes at 3.05 and my phone rings. And it's one of my best friends to tell me that a youth that I was very close to had taken his own life. 
Now, if you've ever had to deal with that news, you'll know the anger, the hurt, the guilt, and all the feelings that are associated with that. So you can understand how I was feeling when I came to church that Sunday morning. I was in a dark place. I was sitting here absorbing the worship. Howard was singing Wairu Atapu this time. And suddenly I felt this presence. And then I heard a voice in my head. It's okay. Callum's okay. He doesn't hurt anymore. You don't need to feel guilty. And with that, the darkness lifted like a blanket was taken off my shoulders. I realized then that I really needed to reconsider everything that I thought of in life and everything I thought of that church and God was. Because how can you deny the presence of somebody that you've just paid lip service to when you have something like that happen to you? There are a few more events over the next few years that I won't bore you with, but they really started to make me rethink and open my eyes. And then, of course, we hit 2020. A year that changed the life of a lot of people. A year I found out just how powerful prayer can be. During the height of the lockdown number one, I was diagnosed with cancer. Just what you need in the middle of a global pandemic, eh? This was the first time I'd truly played and asked God for something. This is the first time I'd truly stepped out in my faith. And it was, seemed like such a tiny little thing. But the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. As you can imagine, when you're told that you've got cancer, your mind can go to quite a dark place. Mine certainly did. I remember lying there one night trying to sleep. My mind's in this darkness, thinking over the what-if scenarios. I prayed. I said, God, please help me with these dark thoughts. Please help me to find sleep and peace. In that moment, my head filled with worship songs. And for the coming weeks and months, any time that my, one, my mind wandered to that dark place, those songs returned. It was God's reminding me that he had this. He had his plan. And that even though I couldn't see it, he was working. As if that wasn't enough to prompt that journey of faith in me, 2020 sadly had more to come. 4th of August that year is a date that will never be remembered, never be forgotten. Sorry. As a date, one of our much loved members was taken from heaven. James was a guy who lived his life for God. He was such an incredible role model and will always be missed by those who touched his life. And I'll be forever grateful to be able to have spent that time that I spent with him. And the days that followed James's passing, a number of people had a look at the Bible to see what James 4.8 says. It says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So much truth in those 11 words. They have become the words, along with the example that Darren and Lynn have set as they have journeyed through their losing of James, that has shaped my life over the last few years and will always continue to shape my life. 2020, 2021 was a blur of life flat out, COVID lockdowns, treatment for cancer, attending church, joining digs, and everything else that goes with life. I say it's a blur because I don't really remember a huge lot of specifics. Apart from the end of it, which was an incredibly large moment in my life, 
my baptism. You see, I never thought I'd get baptized. It wasn't that I didn't believe in baptism. It wasn't that I didn't understand what baptism was all about. I just didn't want to stand up here, talk in front of the church, and make a big public statement. Kind of ironic, really, eh? I also thought I wasn't ready. I wasn't that perfect Christian. I had so many things that were wrong for me. All those excuses that we tell each other and that we tell ourselves. The reality is, God doesn't care. He knows we're not perfect. He knows everything about us. So I'm sitting there on a beautiful sunny morning up at Cook's Beach, attending youth retreat with the rest of the youth leaders. And Kelly has us doing a bit of reflective work in our journals. We've got some quiet worship music playing in the background. And I can remember writing something about needing to wash my sins away. And it occurred to me, I needed to be baptized. I didn't need to be baptized in a month or a year or a week. I needed to be baptized then. A quick phone call home to check that it was all right for me to do that. Gina said she was all right with it. Turns out she wasn't, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) I grabbed Kelly and a plan was hatched. Two hours later from deciding that God was telling me to get baptized, it was done. I'd taken a huge step in drawing closer to God. I did as I was commanded. I'd publicly declared that I was his truly humble servant, and I'd taken a major step in my faith. Skipping through the start of this year, I started to put that faith into action. Opportunity for promotion popped up at school. I wanted the job. I thought I'd be pretty good at it. So I applied for it. I put my best foot forward. I tried my absolute best to get the job. I didn't get it. Was I gutted, disappointed, frustrated that I didn't get it? No. I wasn't because I'd put the fate of the decision in God's hands. If he wanted me to have that job, I would have had the job. If he didn't want me to have that job, then that's okay with me. I've come to a place where I understand that I have a plan for my life and God has a plan for my life. And quite often those plans are different. I found that with this approach, I was at peace through the whole process. But it was an amazing place to be. I wasn't anxious. I wasn't stressed. It was a truly le- true learning experience of what it is to put your faith and your faith in God's hands. As I say, I didn't get the job. I was genuinely happy for the person that did. I figured God had another plan for me. I found out a few days later what that plan was. March 23rd is not a date I will ever forget. I got the call that no cancer patient ever wants to get. The cancer was back and we want to remove your bladder. I went into shock and I didn't really process a lot of what the surgeon was saying to me. Fortunately for me though, I had a bit of time to process it. As that afternoon, Gabriel came home with COVID and we went into isolation for a few days. The difference this time 
getting that news to when I was first told I had cancer was where I was sitting with my faith. I decided I wasn't going to take the news lying down and that I was going back to God and I was asking him for a different plan. Thanks to Chappie's help, we put together a small team of people one Sunday afternoon and we sat down and we had a bit of a prayer. We prayed that there'd be some other options and that the surgeons would be willing to meet and to discuss these. Kind of a big thing to ask, really, because we're not in control of things. But when you put your faith in God, all things are possible. Interestingly enough, the surgeon that I was supposed to meet wasn't able to make the meeting, and I had to sit down with another surgeon. He liked the idea of trying other options, thinking that removing the bladder was quite radical. So he went away to his team and discussed doing radiation. At the team meeting, the first surgeon wasn't even able to be there because he was a bit of a slicer and dicer. And uh, I don't think he would have gone for the radiation option. Fortunately, at the team meeting, he was called away. Fortunately for me, unfortunately for the other person. Resulted in approval being given. Prayer number one answered. Now for the next challenge, to get through radiation without the horrendous, horrible side effects and for it to be effective. Tom organised another, an open prayer evening this time for anyone that wanted to come along and pray for us. For me to put myself out there like this, it was a huge thing. I hate being the penguin in the centre of the huddle. I started to get quite anxious. What if no one turns up? What if? What if? What if? But I just had to keep reminding myself, this was God's plan. God's in control of this, and he knows what I need. And every time I did that, my anxiety would go away. I can honestly say I've never been more humble than I was that night at that prayer meeting. To see all those people that turned out to pray with Gina and I, some of whom had massive troubles of their own, and yet they were still taking time to come out for me. I just want to say at this time to each and every one of you that turned up that night, or each and every one of you that has, over the time as my name's popped up on the prayer chain, thank you. Knowing that you are praying for me, that you have me in your thoughts, has brought me great comfort, as it does for everyone else, I'm sure, that we all pray for. I'm pleased to say that other than feeling a bit tired by the end of it all, I suffered no side effects. Prayer two answered. And we find out in a few weeks, two actually, whether or not so far the, test, the treatment has been successful. The other thing that I want to mention about this is that we haven't walked this journey alone, particularly not in the last few months. We have some absolutely amazing people in our lives that have walked this journey with us. Our digs groups and others in the church have provided some amazing support for us, something that very initially Gina and I struggled to accept. But a trip in the car and a yarn or two with Tom gave me a new perspective of how to say this, how to say, yes, please, that dinner you're offering us would be great. Thank you. It'd be great if you could take our daughter to gymnastics. The thing is, if you don't start accepting the help that people offer us, you're potentially denying them, them their opportunity to serve God. 
Because by serving him through serving others, it's one of the things he calls us to do. Isn't that why Jesus washed the feet of the disciples at the Last Supper? To show us how he wants us to live. To be servant-hearted is to be truly blessed. So to finish up, before I get the hook from Richard, (laughs) I stand here today a very different person. One that has walked a very different person to the one that walked through those doors five and a half years ago. A person who lives his life in the peace of knowing that God has a plan. May not be my plan, but that's okay. A person who understands the power of prayer. I'm still far from perfect, but it's a work in progress. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. And as you draw closer to him, he will definitely draw closer to you.